Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. This podcast is where the real world will collide with the academic world where I teach. We're analyzing an article, Why Study Humanities? What I Tell Engineering Freshmen. It was by a professor, his name was John Horgan, who teaches at an engineering school. It was published in the Scientific American Journal. So for my students hearing this right now, well, you're doing this as you have an assignment relevant to the topic. But for those who listen weekly or maybe just stumbled on this podcast for the first time or parents of high school students evaluating colleges and seeing cost per credit hour and seeing a slew of general education courses in the degree requirement and wondering why in the world do do colleges do this? Well, we're going to talk about that. What does Sophocles, Plato, Shakespeare, Descartes, Hobbes, Locke, Kant, Mill, Marx, Nietzsche, Greek and Roman history, Freud or Beethoven have to do with me being a nurse, an engineer, or a social media marketing manager. I don't know whatever your major might be. The article gives you a profound answer as technology, science, and specialization is actually increasing, not decreasing the need to study from the greatest mind and works that humans have created. So humor me for just a few minutes. Here are the latest round of facts about graduating in your major field. And they're they're kind of daunting, really. Oh, did you know only about 62% of U.S. college graduates had a job that required a college degree? So 62% of the college graduates are working in a job that required a college degree. Second... Just 27% of college grads had a job that was closely related to their major within five years of graduation. Third, Americans on average will change careers, not jobs. Now, when I say careers, that's like moving from medical to sales or sales to uh, IT. That's a total career change three to five times in their life completely leaving one field to enter another area. This oh-so-important technical facts one thinks they need to be successful in life beyond the walls of higher education are, well, maybe not quite so important. But this doesn't solve a problem. This deposes more. You know, there is this myth that success in the workplace is based on studying technical knowledge in the classroom and the classroom learning uh, in in marketing will directly translate, for example, to the ability to perform a job at XYZ marketing firm. Well, that's not exactly how it works. If we can all remember back to that first job after college, if you did actually get a job in your field of study, uh, surely you can remember thoughts racing through your mind to the effect of, Well, I didn't learn how to do this in college or, oh, wow, in college, we didn't do this, that or the other in class this way. 
Business simply moves way too fast for many technical topics for colleges and universities to keep up. The speed, the efficiency, the technical innovations, and the market changes that impact real businesses every day force them to react on the fly. And that monster known as higher education, it moves at a snail's pace. It takes years to catch curriculum up in many ways. Given faculty on given topics, they do their best to stay current, but it's just not possible for curriculums as a holistic model to change rapidly enough to keep up. Right now, there are students being trained in school that are going to hold jobs using technology that doesn't even exist yet. And they're going to have job titles that have not even been created or defined yet. That's how quick things are moving in society today. Pre-social media, a marketing major, for example, could spend $250,000 to get a degree at Harvard in marketing, but then found most of their technical knowledge irrelevant uh, when Facebook and Instagram and social media burst on the scene. And they had never even taken one class in social media marketing. It's just how fast things change in our work world today. A very recent survey of employers on Indeed.com from this month, they gave a list of the most important skills that they want to see in their employees. And I'm just going to read through them from top to bottom for you. The most important skill by employers that they deem first, communication skills. Number two, leadership skills. Number three, teamwork skills. Number four, interpersonal skills. Number five, learning adaptability skills. Six, self-management. Seven, organizational. Eight, computer. Nine, problem solving. Ten, open-mindedness. Eleven, strong work work ethic. Where's the technical skills? They didn't even make the top eleven. How in the world can that even be? So where are they? Where are the vaunted technical skills? So let's not be flipping here and silly. You know, technical skills, they are important. Math and science skills, they are important. But, but, and here's the big but, most employers are more concerned with getting an employee with those interpersonal soft skills. Because if that person can think, if they can be creative, if they can communicate, if they can work in a team, if they can solve problems, if they have an open-mindedness to learn and evaluate and question things, if the potential employee has, has then just the basic technical knowledge, they can then ensure the person upon hire can be trained to meet whatever that particular business need requires. We hear this over and over again by employers, but still that myth that college teaches a person how to be successful in a given job is actually overplayed and overhyped. This brings me back to Professor Hogan's article and the humanities, as he too readily admits the importance of science, math, and technical understanding The world is dominated by science and technology. That is true. Almost ironically, those skills, those talents, those inward analyzing and outward projecting communication skills are needed now more than they ever were. 
science says this is how things are done. They give you certainty. Technology is ordered, organized, and logical. The humanities, when studied properly, give students uncertainty, doubt, and skepticism. And you say that doesn't make sense, but in the real world, nothing is perfectly black and white. Nothing works out in the perfect binary sequence of ones and zeros in computer code. The world is messy. It's filled with a million opinions. It's laced with emotion and doubt and energy and hope and horror and happiness. And it isn't, it, it, it isn't easy and it never will be. The humanities allow in a very controlled environment to analyze life from various perspectives, which can then be applied. The humanities, let's face it, if they're taught properly, they're subversive. At least they should be taught subversively. They should undermine the claims of all authorities, whether they're political, religious, scientific, or corporate. This skepticism is especially important when it comes to claims about humanity, about what we are, where we come from, and even what can be, or what could be, and what we should be. Professor Hogan hits the most salient point in the humanities. We need our younger generations to challenge authority. There is an incredible power and a freedom when a student picks up the ability to think critically, communicate, work with others, and analyze and solve problems. As the perspective broadens in all areas of life, in the micro world of work, it makes them more valuable on tasks and duties in the workplace. The humanities are more about questions than they are about answers. And in class, in a humanities class, people should wrestle with some ridiculously big questions like, what is truth? How do we know something is true? Or rather, why do we believe certain things are true and other things aren't? Also, how do we decide whether something is wrong or right for us personally or for society as a whole? What is the meaning of life? What is the point of life? Should happiness be our goal? Well, what the heck is happiness? And should happiness be an end in and of itself? Or should it just be some side effect of some other more important goal? like gaining knowledge or reducing suffering, as students roll through these types of questions in a given semester, each has to find their own answer to these types of questions. In the end, I don't really care what my students think, just so they think. They formulate an opinion or thesis. They defend that opinion and reach a conclusion, all the while doing this in a way that's open-minded, humble, curious, and uses critical thinking. Basically, I, act that I ask them to behave the opposite of politicians and cable TV anchors. We live in an incredible era of technical marvels created by science and technology, but we are humans and humans interact sometimes well, sometimes not so well, sometimes tragically awful. And the humanities through all ages and all times help to train us to think to communicate, to work together, to evaluate, and most importantly, to question things. Those in power love when we do not have a critical thinking, questioning society. They much prefer a compliant, distracted, and apathetic mass of people, as these people are very easy to control. All of us 
not just my students, need to challenge ourselves to be just a bit subversive and question things. We all need to develop skills that make us think more clearly, more deeply, more openly, and communicate and engage others with respect and open-mindedness as this leads to a more skilled and indiv- a more skilled individual and not just to get an initial job or to get a piece of paper that says you got a degree but to truly be successful in career and in life the last paragraph from the article is great when he says this quote if i do my job by the end of this course you'll question all authorities including me You'll question what you've been told about the nature of reality, about the purpose of life, about what it means to be a good person, because that, for me, is the point of the humanities. They keep us from being trapped by our own desire for certainty. We all like things clean, objective, specific, and ordered. But this isn't real life. Life isn't certain. We don't get certainty. We get what it gives us when it gives it to us. So all of us need to be able to think on our feet, adapt, and change. So how do the humanities actually do this? Well, for students in my class, weekly, you'll get to see it play out in various activities, exercises, questions uh, that you're going to have to answer For those of you out in the real world right now, you need to read, read, and read. I've talked about the power on the brain of reading. You can literally be tutored and taught by the greatest minds the world has ever seen. Just go to your library. Pick up your books. There's no college tuition involved. You can read Plato. You can read Shakespeare. You can read Socrates. You can read Benjamin Franklin. You can read all of them and whatever one spurs your your interest the most. It's the most powerful and one of the most proven indicators of success in life. Those who read deeply on varied topics and daily have a more deep and more profound understanding of life. Start there. If you don't believe me, Google Bill Gates and how much he reads. Google Elon Musk and see how much he reads. We have to look to the humanities and the works that have been created. And if we do that, we then can expand our knowledge, expand our thinking skills. See, society, now more than ever, it needs open-minded thinkers. We need open-minded thinkers in the colleges right now to change their perspective from you know, fat gathering machines to critical thinking. And we need people in society with a bent towards skepticism and a little bit of subversiveness. I don't mean submersiveness like go and buy yourself a gun and a and attack uh attack your local your your local government building. I mean subversiveness in that we have to have a, a willingness to challenge and analyze and review things and not be a sheep. We need to challenge ourselves, no matter where you're at in life as you're hearing this podcast, to question everything. But we also got to do this in a way that's not obnoxious. It's not mean-spirited. It's not a bunch of name-calling. It's not just labeling people. Because we see that from politicians in the mainstream media every day of the week. 
So we don't need to be like that, but we do need to be a little bit subversive, a little bit deeper thinking, because overall, that'll make our society stronger than where it is today. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. This podcast is very personal for me because it cuts through my professional life in the colleges and teaching my students and the intellectual pursuits that I have. And I appreciate your attention listening through it. Remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So if you click the like or follow button, you'll be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.